God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you this morning. Jesus Christ is risen. We pray, O Lord, thank you for the resurrection. Bless its meaning to us in our daily lives. Amen. Will there be a resurrection of the dead? Did Jesus rise from the dead, really? Will you rise from the dead? Those are pertinent questions. The Corinthians were having trouble with the resurrection. And that's why Paul wrote the letter to the Corinthians and to answer some of their questions and their concerns and how they got off track. And in the epistle lesson for today, he sets them straight about the resurrection. Because you see, the Corinthians were starting not to believe in it. They were starting to say, no, Jesus didn't rise from the dead. No, we're not going to rise from the dead. Because you see, they were going back to their old religion of the Greek philosophers, and especially Plato. Plato believed there was one big soul in the heavens, and chips of it would fall off into individuals, and that was the souls going into bodies. But bodies were evil, and evil, they could not exist in heaven, and so the body would decay and be buried, but the soul would go back to the magnificent part of God in the universe and so the soul would live, but the body would not. And there was no resurrection. And that was the Greek philosopher's concept. And the Corinthians were starting to go back to that. They were forgetting what Paul had preached to them. And so Paul lays it on them. He said, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Because they weren't believing it anymore. He says, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Why bother to believe? It's no good. It's only good for this life. Forget it. If you don't believe in the resurrection, then why are you even come here today? But I know you all believe it. And so that's why you're here. But there's a lot of people out there in the community who don't, and they don't, therefore they don't worship. And they don't come to hear the good news and, re and resound in the good news of the resurrection. And so Paul goes on and says, For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. If there's no resurrection, the cross has no power. There's no forgiveness in just the cross by itself. You have to have the cross to pay for your sins and the resurrection to show that there's life in heaven above with God. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we ought to be pitied, Paul says. If your hope is just for Christ, for this day, while you live on earth, then you're to be pitied. And Paul points this out to the Corinthian congregation because they were slipping in their belief in the resurrection. But in fact, Paul says, Christ has been raised from the dead. That's the fact. That's the proclamation that Paul makes again to the Corinthians to hear the message. The basics of our preaching is the resurrection from the dead. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is a historical fact. And we confessed it in the creed this morning and you say that Jesus rose from the dead and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, 
Christ is in control of the universe, control of the world. He's the risen, living Lord who has dominion and power over us and over you and me. The basics of our preaching. And all who believe in his death and resurrection have the hope of resurrection. Our future, your future and my future, rest on this hope that there's a resurrection from the dead because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Verse 20 is such an important verse in the text. In fact, Paul says, Christ has been raised from the dead. You see, preaching gives the message. And when you hear the message and you believe it, then you receive it. You receive eternal life. Paul preached the message. The people believed it. But then they started not believing it. They didn't receive the message. Sometimes we forget. We get the wrong emphasis. We can study our Bibles and we can go to Bible class and Sunday school. We can go to church and still miss the most vital, vital part of what we believe. That is the resurrection of Jesus Christ and our resurrection. It's easy sometimes to miss what's really happening. Leif Anderson tells of a story, he tells the story of his life, which is interesting how sometimes we can get confused. As a boy, he was a fan of the old Brooklyn Dodgers. Remember them? The old Brooklyn Dodgers, if you go back that far. And he just loved his Dodgers, and he'd never been to a ball game, but his father got tickets for them for the World Series in 1956. And they went to the World Series, and he was so thrilled, I'm going to go see my Dodgers play, and they're going to beat the Yankees. And he was elated. But that day, no Dodger ever got to first base. And he said, I was so disappointed, so disillusioned with my Dodgers. I was so depressed. The Dodgers didn't get a man on base. What he didn't realize until later in life was he witnessed amazing thing. The first no-hitter to ever be pitched in the World Series because Don Larson pitched for the Yankees and pitched a perfect game against the Dodgers that day. But Leif Erickson, Anderson was so caught up in the defeat of his team, the, Do the, the Dodgers, that he missed the historical event that happened that day. Now, there's been several no, two no-hitters since then, but that was a momentous occasion, and he missed it. But sometimes we miss the historical joy of the resurrection. We have failed sometimes to pay attention to what really is the most important thing. We can get caught up in the wrong things. The world around us is so confusing sometimes, and so frustrating that we get caught up in what's going out there in the world and what's happening all around us, that we forget that the most important thing is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if Christ is alive, he's in control of the universe and sits at the right hand of God the Father as we confess in the creed and is in charge. That's the most important part that you and I need to hold to, that good news of the resurrection. You see, the sermon is based 
in history. A sermon delivers the powerful truth. Paul preached those kind of sermons, the truth of Christ's death and resurrection, so that the people could have a sure and certain hope of a future with Christ. And this is the good news that you hear every time you come to church and worship, to give us a sure and certain hope of our future life with Jesus Christ. We will have a future life with him. But this message has been, is, and will be attacked by the world. The world doesn't want you to believe in the resurrection. The world doesn't want you to listen to Jesus Christ. All the other religions in the world do not have a resurrection story to tell. Christianity has a dead man coming from the grave, which is the essence of its religion. Jesus Christ, alive from the grave. Islam, Hinduism, the rest of them, all false religions, they don't want you to believe in Jesus Christ as risen from the grave. But we as Christians, that's where our hope is, where our life is centered. And too often we can forget that and we can live our life in a mundane world and forget who we are and maybe even get depressed and down forgetting that the resurrection is the key to our living. Every day we should wake up in the morning, maybe we should say, Jesus Christ is risen every morning when we get up. Remember that Jesus Christ is alive. There's a story of Katie Luther that goes like this. Luther was known to have depression, bouts of depression. He had some depression times in his life. And of course, there were no antidepressant drugs you could run down the drugstore and take in those days. And so one time, Luther was in a long series of days of depression. And while he was in this depression, he didn't want to seem to get out of it. And so Katie decided she'd take things into her own hands. She dressed in funeral black then, all her black clothes on. And when Luther uh, saw her in all black, he says, why are you dressed like that? And Katie replied, Christ is dead. I'm going to his funeral. Luther cried out to her, he's not dead, Katie. He is risen. Indeed, said Katie. Now you can start acting like it. And at once, Luther cheered up. Wise words from his wife. He got the message. The resurrection. Christ is alive. So why should he be depressed? Because the good news of Jesus Christ is for you and me every day. But the culture out there has no hope. There's no hope for the people out there who don't believe in Jesus Christ. What hope do they have? When they die, it's over, as far as they know and concerned. When we preach in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're preaching against the world. The world out there that we live in is a world of hopelessness. There's no hope if you don't have a resurrection belief. There's no hope if you can't be assured of an eternal life after this life. So it's our job to remember the resurrection, to look to the resurrection. And that's why Paul brings the Corinthians back to what he had originally preached to them. Jesus Christ is alive and well. And then we look at the gospel lesson this morning. When we read that, we call the Beatitudes. They're in Luke's gospel, which we saw today. And they're also, of course, more expanded in, in Matthew's gospel. But notice how the Beatitudes are. 
And what the Beatitudes say to us, if we live in this world, it's not so easy to live in this world. It says, blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the hungry, blessed are you, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who weep, you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you. And then he goes on and points out, woe to those who are rich, those that are full, those who laugh now. And when people speak well of you. So he goes on and on. Jesus tells, living in the kingdom is not always easy. And sometimes we miss the point. There's a person who wrote an addendum to this with tongue-in-cheek after the Beatitudes. He said after this sermon, Peter said, are we supposed to write this down? Andrew asked, are we supposed to know this? James asked, will we have a test on this? Philip said, I don't have anything to write it on. Bartholomew asked, do we have to turn this in? Judas asked, will this be necessary to know this? The Pharisee was there and asked, do you have your objectives and lesson plans ready? And after all this, Jesus wept, pointing out the fact that sometimes we don't get it. And sometimes we miss the point who we are in this world. And no matter how bad the world is, we have victory because we are people of the resurrection. There was a study done, and the book was called Destination Happiness. And the question the book was trying to answer, the author was looking for in his research was, who do you think is the happiest? The person who won the lottery or the person who suffered a tragic accident and was paralyzed or had some tragedy happen in their life? Who was the happier? And in doing the research, he found something interesting. After six months, there was no difference from what the person was before the event. Six months after someone won the lottery, they were back to where they were before they won. And someone who had a tragedy in their life was back to where they were before the tragedy. The point is, it's what's inside of us that makes a difference, not what happens on the outside of us. What happens to us as who are believers in the resurrection? We have the sure hope that we can live each day in the joy of living in Jesus Christ. And that no matter what happens, Christ is in charge because he's the living God. Martin Luther said this, A religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, and suffers nothing is worth nothing. How true. What really counts is what we believe inside and especially about the resurrection because that's the heart of the gospel. That's the heart of the good news that you and I come to worship. But sometimes, I know, we wonder, is it really true? Is there really a resurrection? All the people in the cemetery out there, is there a resurrection? Is there a better life? Because after all, 
Sin is powerful. We like to sin sometimes. The old man in us wants to put down the joy of resurrection. So what does the resurrection message mean to you when you stop and think about this text? Has Jesus really changed your life because you believe in the resurrection? We might add the beatitude, blessed is the one who believes in the resurrection. As a blessing for us, the resurrected Christ is here today in the sacrament, in the bread, and in the wine. In with under that bread and wine is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Christ is here for you. And he says, you're forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. I will strengthen you so you can live the Christian life and you can have eternal life when this life is over. What a blessing. Jesus is here, the risen Lord, for us today. How more exciting is that? That's so exciting to be excited about the fact that Jesus Christ indeed is the risen Lord. So Paul thunders it out in the epistle lesson. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Wow, that makes Monday a joyous day to look forward to. Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and on down the week and the month and years ahead. Because we are people of the resurrection. Jesus Christ is risen. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds safe in Christ Jesus.